Welcome to the Fordham IPLJ podcast with your online editor, Anthony Zangrillo. This week, I'm here with special guest, PR veteran and CEO of Johto PR, Carla Jo Helms. Hello. So this week, we have a really interesting topic, basically looking at whether a company is pro or anti-Trump, how they can inadvertently become a target when taking political sides in a business. So one of the most recent examples was Uber. So during a taxi strike at JFK Airport in protest of Trump's immigration ban, Uber continued its services as usual, which many viewed as an endorsement of the ban. The hashtag DeleteUber began trending shortly thereafter, and over 200,000 customers deleted their accounts. So Carla, how can companies prepare themselves for becoming the next victim of a political firestorm? Hi, Anthony. Thanks for having me. This is a a really... uh human emotional and reactive subject isn't it yes um it really is um so how do companies prevent prevent themselves from be you know getting in the political backfire that was the question yes well um you know you have to really look at the purpose of a company and why they are in business right um there's always platforms to take a stand but companies really have to, like, what are they in business for? You know, some companies that are selling food or giving uh, rides or, um, you know, selling things on Amazon, you know, or just general B2C products, they don't create their business based on a political platform. Mm -hmm. And so getting involved in that without really taking into account Uh, a full communication strategy that really identifies all the potential audiences that affect the health and expansion of a company um, can actually be deadly when you seemingly take a knee-jerk reaction and get into a political stance, even unwittingly, without really knowing who all these audiences are that affect your business, not just the customers, so that you don't do something... uh, you know, that gets you into trouble. Does that make sense? Yes. And so you say unwittingly, right? Yeah. Now, do you think like in our current political environment that happens more often? I don't know if it's possibly because of, you know, social media and having this, you know, constant uh, forum to put your debate out there. It seems like it happens more often that people just, you know, put their foot in their mouth, literally, literally speaking. And something bad happens all of a sudden affecting the company. It's so very true. This happens a lot. It has a lot to do with the instantaneous uh, publication of what you have on social media. I mean, social media has created a platform for people to be their own publishers. And this, you know, while this is good, um, which I think it is very good um, because it allows people to really communicate, whereas before there were only limited channels to get your message out on, right? Mm-hmm. But it also comes with a caveat and a liability, especially with companies. You have to have a very detailed and planned out strategic communication plan that aligns not only with the purpose of the company, but the business goals, including the revenues you know, the target audiences that they sell to, and also the key influencers and opinion leaders and, you know, who are the people and groups that give them community support, uh, 
industry support, even some companies with government support. And then you have to know what are the key messages and buttons that uh, you have to communicate and stay true to, to these different audiences that will create goodwill for the company because it's goodwill that creates that safe operating business climate. If you don't have this, um, and even people with the best intentions uh, can make statements via social media or, you know, it's usually social media first that mm -hmm. starts it, or even if they get called by the press and they don't have this mapped out, they can really get into some hot water because you're not only dealing with very large communication lines, but once the media gets involved, those are very powerful communication lines and it influences a great many people. You can see your stock crash. You mm -hmm. can have, you know, thousands of customers leave you potential prospects that would never come to you. The damage is, can be the ramifications is, can be super great, right? Yes. So what do you think in this case with Uber? Should they have shut down operations during the strike? You know, that's really a great question. It's, you can't really answer that in one statement. That's mm -hmm. like saying, you know, summarize the Encyclopedia Britannica contents in one word, right? <laughs> but I would choose from, the word SmackDown because yeah. it's in there. So that would be my choice to define a dictionary. But <laughs> yeah, right? Well, you know, I can tell you there's a lot of news reports on this, and there's been so many that I've just had to, you know, I've read all of them. I've had to cull out the key data, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it seems like that Uber's attempt to service the JFK airport and the travelers and their employees was done more on a knee-jerk, lower-level reaction without full PR coordination, even up to legal, mm. to really communicate the message proactively enough to mitigate any backlash, right? Yes. Um, and so they got caught in the crosshairs without crisis management PR intervention proactively or soon enough. I think that when you have a company that is as disruptive as Uber, that is on fast growth expansion as Uber, right? Mm -hmm. You really have to take into account all the key groups and players that that one communication would affect. And a tweet of 140 characters or less is not enough to fill the vacuum on a company's standard decision. Yes. You know, so I would have right? Um, if I was Uber, you know, people still have to travel, right? Exactly. What do travelers do? What should Uber do? I mean, if Uber drivers still need to make a living, then the PR team that works heavily with legal and the C-suite and the board of directors, right, should assess the situation quickly and put out multiple statements to the press about it, not just tweet it, right? Mm -hmm. And really utilize the basic purpose of press statement, which is to inform the press, which eventually informs the consumers, right? Yes. And immediately arrange multiple tons of interviews with key spokespeople to proactively put out a message that would help them fare better than having to do it on a defense. Because once you're on a defense, you really get into a black hole. You're almost screwed if you have to get on a defense. And it's interesting because, you know, when I saw this happening, the protest, I was always saying, are you, aren't you kind of protesting or at least interfering in the wrong people's lives? So I just think as an example, 
if my, you know, 90-year-old grandma was coming off of the plane by herself and she was greeted to all these protests and then she had no way to get, like, back home, nobody was able to pick her up, if she had to use a cab or an Uber, right? Like, you're affecting these people that have no interplay with politics, no interplay with, let's say, what President Trump was doing. That's something that maybe if I was a PR person would focus on that element and maybe that emotional play. Yeah. You know, it's actually very true. So, you know, the media, um, you know, part of stories and so forth is to have opposing forces, right? To have an unbiased particular news story. Sometimes it doesn't seem that way, right? Mm -hmm. But you really need to take into account, just like you said, all the different aspects that would be affected, right? Pros and cons. And that's what PR people are supposed to do. Right. And so you can capitalize just even on that particular aspect with the right media that would really be interested in that particular, you know, traveling public, right? The elderly public. Um, you have, uh, you know, other media that would be, you know, very much focused on um, human rights and workforce. And you would have other media that would be focused on the political aspect. And that is where a crisis management plan and a true PR team can actually go through all of those different audiences and figure out how to relay the purpose of the company to those different audiences. Because it's not one size fits all, not mm -hmm. one message uh, said the same way is going to mean the same to different groups, right? Yes. And another thing you could look at almost when you talk about different messages, what about different companies? So the example that I think of is Bob I Iger, right? The CEO of Disney. He's on the board of, you know, Trump's business advisors. And I saw a lot of, you know, backlash on social media saying that he should resign from that that Disney's values don't align with Trump's and, you know, he's refused to, I don't believe there would be any backlash that you're not going to see people start boycotting, you know, Star Wars or Marvel, but it is an interesting dilemma for Disney to look at. Yeah. You know, what I can say about that, and you're, you're very right. It is an interesting dilemma, but let's compare Uber and Disney just from a public relations standpoint. Public relations, its whole purpose is to make people more interested and comfortable in doing business with you mm -hmm. in the business arena. Disney has a reserve or a fund of goodwill, right? Over yeah. years and years, positive public relations with their audience, right? Uber doesn't have that. And, you know, just like a reserve uh, account, right, with money that helps you, protect you against, you know, general liabilities and so forth, that's what PR does for companies. So Disney has built up this fund over many, many years. And the whole purpose of that is to create a safe operating environment for expansion, but also so that momentary halts and dips to that reputation is not going to affect the company in a big way. Uber doesn't have that fund. They haven't built up that fund. Um, they haven't done it in enough of volume to their expansion and their disruption in the market. So it's not going to affect, you know, what's going on with Disney is not going to affect them as much as something like that with Uber. It would take a lot longer to do that with Disney. Now, that's an interesting point. 
Now, what I wonder is because, you know, let's say Mr. Iger really isn't coming out and saying like he fully endorses some policies. He's not saying he fully endorses the ban, for example. Uh If he started saying statements like that, do you think the goodwill argument all of a sudden starts eroding? That it seems like it could withstand a passive acceptance? You know, it could start eroding. I mean, again, that's where it really has to be tied into the overall strategic communications plan of Disney. And, you know, like PR strategies are not just, you know, for the sake of having them or for an admin exercise. They're directly tied to the expansion goals um, of the company. Right. So they're directly on the business plan. And, um, you know, I don't know that Disney, uh, you know, has done this and taken into account. They're a very smart company, but um, it would really have to be looked at um, and market research would have to be pulled up on all the different audiences. And then you have to make projections about how this could affect the company. It's really, it comes down to numbers. You have to look at all the different people that buy from Disney, like um, all the different uh, organizations that support it. Um, You know, what do they lean to? To the right or to the left? Is it going to make a difference? Is it not? How could it hurt it? Um, It's not a, uh, it's not a fast decision. Interesting. Now, which industries do you think can benefit the most from public relations activities? I love that question. I mean, I could say any industry, um, but there are ones that uh, public relations really um, gets immediate return on investment for. And these are industries that contain the most distrust, the most false data, the most negative publicity. You know, or those that contain long-term controversies or fixed ideas that inhibit growth or expansion. Fake news? These are perf- like healthcare, for instance, right? <laughs> Finance. Um, and even technology, because, because of the fast-paced growth of technology and the highly competitive nature and the disruption of the, of the industries that um, technology uh, affects, right? It mm-hmm. creates... Uh, incredible misunderstandings, reactions from conservatives and other such ills. Those are the three main industries that really have to use PR to stay afloat. It's interesting, really, the way you say the misinformation that in our age of fake news that we live in now. That yeah. means it's so important to have like a good PR strategy and a plan in place. Yeah, you know, um, most people don't know this, but the the one thing that PR handles that nothing else handles is human emotion and reaction, Mm -hmm. right? Human emotion reaction is the biggest barrier to getting things done to production, to winning court cases, to, um, you know, many, many ills because you're dealing with people and how they think and public relations is the methodology to, Um, help people change their minds or get them to think newly or keep them thinking the same way so that the other aspects of a business um, can proceed. And that is why when you're dealing with like volatile industries with lots of human emotion reaction, you really need PR in the boardroom. And uh, one example 
of you know a volatile industry with a lot of emotions with let's say podcasting especially within the video game industry now recently it's been in the news Colin Moriarty originally from IGN and now he was the co-founder of this podcast kind of funny on International Women's Day he made a joke in jest I think He's been doing the rounds now that he said he uh, cleared it with his girlfriend right before he put it up, and she thought it was really funny that he said, quote, on Twitter, ah, peace and quiet, hashtag a day without a woman. Now, I could see many people interpreting this, you know, as very sexist, you know, but it's a joke, and I don't think it should have the severe consequences that it seems to have played into that... um just as he tweeted that, let's say the company Twitter account kind of funny, kind of went against it. Other co-founders said this doesn't represent us and whatnot. All of a sudden, he ends up leaving kind of funny and starting his own uh, podcast, which I think is debuting in April, called Colin's Last Stand. So what is your reaction to when an individual person, whether they make a joke or even if they do make a political belief, has this drastic consequences within the inner politics of the company? Yeah, it's really an unfortunate thing, right? I don't think that he, uh, just like you said, he didn't intend to have that. And it was really just based off of something that he thought was humorous. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most humor is based off of rejection, you know, of something. But, um, you know, before putting out a statement like that and, you know, I wouldn't have just checked it with, uh, you know, my girlfriend. You're looking at right today, right now. You have to think very broadly, especially when you're in a broadcast industry or a company, right? And you reach many, many people. You have to look at what is happening in the world today, what's happening in the economy. It's a very, um, you know, there's just a lot of turmoil going on on that particular subject alone, right? Yes. And there's so much controversy uh, politically um, and then also in business um, with gender equality, gender parity. Um, and, it, you know, you have to look at the ramifications of, of a statement like that because while he has a particular reality and a particular viewpoint, and so does his girlfriend, some people can take that very, very literally. And that really has to be, those statements really have to be coordinated uh, with the PR team and the legal team, you know, and backed up to the company's purpose or stance, you know, yeah. how do they want to be perceived? It doesn't have to, you know, you don't have to operate that way on stops all the time. That's not what PR does in this particular aspect. PR is looking for a way to grease the lines to create more comfort and more uh, credibility and trust so that companies can do more business, right? Mm -hmm. So it just has to be looked upon in that way. Um, I think, unfortunately, he just didn't know it and stepped into a firestorm. And what's the most interesting thing about this whole situation is he's actually doing better on his own. That let's say he had a Patreon, he had two Patreon accounts. So basically, you know, it's like a crowdfunding to support them on YouTube. I believe they had two accounts, each raising about 20000 per month. When he started this new one, Colin's Last Stand, it already started at 40000 because we live in this, you know, divided environment right now that 
let's say there are so many new channels he may have gained access to that don't like, let's say, the politically correct culture or something of yeah. that nature. Well, you know, I'm glad that he's doing better or he's doing well. You know, it's like I hate people uh, to do poorly when they unwittingly step in something that they didn't mean to um, or they, you know, what was taken a, a certain way really wasn't the intention of that person. Um, but it sounds to me like his basic purpose uh, for doing what he does, for being in business, for, you know, being an artist in that particular way um, maybe clashed with the organization that he was with and, you know, even ever so slightly, um, and that now he's able to go on his own, um, his basic purpose, uh, can be aligned with his artistic creation. And there is an audience for that. Yes. So as a final question, what would you say are the most important aspects of a PR strategy and why? Oh my goodness. Well, um, I'll go back to, it, it really ties down to the business goals, right? Uh, public relations strategy is the relations with the various target audiences, which we call publics, um, that, you know, are going to bring about a safe and operating business climate. So you have to look at number one, the business goals. What are the revenues that you're targeting? What is the um, expansion plans? Well, who are the key audiences that you're going to sell to? Who are the key influencers that are going to um, endorse your business or affect it based off of their opinion? We can call those key opinion leaders or key influencers. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what is the community support that's needed? What's the industry support that's needed? And even what's the government support? And then develop key messages to those audiences that pushes the purpose of the company and creates goodwill so that they can operate safely. Mm -hmm. And I guess the why is, um, you know, business expansion depends on operating in a safe business climate. And what do I mean by that? The more resistance that you have in an area, the more money it takes to expand. And this eats into profits. And it also affects risk management reputation and correct communication can make all the difference in mitigating risk, mitigating litigation, um, and furthering expansion. So it's not something that you can give a short shrift to anymore. It's actually not a nice to have. It's actually vital. Yes, understood. And I agree. So thank you so much for um, joining us, Carla. And uh, we hope to have you again in the future. Yeah, this was fun. Call me when you have another controversy. We can talk about what happened. Yes, well, we'll be keeping in touch. Maybe, who knows, if uh, something else happens in the video game industry. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another example of, you know, the technology industry. I mean, anything that has rapid, disruptive growth <clears throat> needs to have PR to help it mm -hmm. go out in front of it to help it expand. Yes, which that's the whole thing with Uber as an example. I know Airbnb is in the same situation as well, that they are new technologies that have changed that whole you know business model. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. All right, so tune in next week. <laughs>